Hey, Mom, everyone else has toys. Why not you? Get yourself a freeze pipe bong or bubbler with just three pieces for easy assembly and even easier cleaning. Includes honeycomb inline percolators and a revolver glycerin coil. Pop the chamber in the freezer for an hour and get the smoothest, iciest hits. Visit thefreezepipe.com and use code PSM10 for a discount. No more coughing, champ. You got this. It seems as if the U.S. has run out of liberal states to legalize. Will more conservative states ever see the light? In local news, residents are subjected to unnecessary noise and disturbances. We obtain the exclusive from local watchdog, Buddy. Are you being intentional with your cannabis? We have Ryan Sprague on the show today, who is a cannabis coach, and he'll tell us all about how he uses cannabis for self-awareness. It gets real deep and meaningful, so stick around for a life-changing episode. Halfway through the week, and you've made it to the greatest podcast in town. I'm Sunny D. And I'm Captain J. And, and we're, we're the Pot Smoking Moms. Hey, if you like us, if you like the show, please rate, subscribe, share, be friends with us on all social medias. We're docile, we're friendly. <laughs> Potsmokingmoms.com is the website. I've been ready for this bowl for a minute now. We keep it like, no one just wait till the show starts. So. Grab your piece. We're going to do a smoke session sesh now. I'm like slurring here. Hey, yeah. If you got a bowl packet, if you got a joint, spark it up. We have. Well, I have uh, here and I, apparently you have as well. We discovered <laughs> <laughs> the same strain. We both have the same strain this week. We got we a selected little... the same thing to smoke on the mm -hmm. on the show today. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's dessert runs from Miami High Life. It is a hybrid strain. With, uh, made from a genetic cross between cookies and cream and runts. Dessert runts has a mouth-watering aroma of sweet cream, vanilla, and candy and that will make you crave desserts. I always crave desserts anyways. <laughs> Finish. Effects include happy, relaxed, and hungry. <laughs> she was almost ready to go for it. Medical marijuana patients often choose desert runts while dealing with symptoms associated with depression, nausea, and appetite loss. The dominant terpene of this strain is myrcene, one of my favorites. Mine too. It is a great strain to enjoy in the evening as it will make you feel blissful and cozy. Mm. We're sweating too much to be blissful and cozy today. <laughs> no, it's so damn hot. This strain has also a munchies-inducing effect that can help you satisfy your sweet tooth. So I got to mm. agree with that because I've been smoking on this since last weekend and... I have had the munchies lately. Oh, you have? Yeah. Damn, I'm you trying to find right my there, other... girl. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to find my torch lighter. Oh, well. Uh, Here it is. Anyways, not, whatever. This that's is not what you got. All right, Here, cheers. Hmm. Tastes so much better out of the glass. I always, I've been smoking a lot of joints lately. And you really don't get the taste of weed when you're smoking out of Jay's. 
Sometimes. Not the Ooh. same. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers to your mic. To my freeze pipe. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, if you are looking for a nice piece to enjoy, smoother, colder hits, please visit our uh, freeze pipe, our us, what's, what do we call them? Our homies, our friends, our partners. Yeah, whatever. our partners. <laughs> uh, PSM 10 will give you a discount on one of these beauties. Hey, and Ooh. we also, we are always in the mood to look for new strains. We're always wanting to hear what you guys are smoking. So let us know in the comments what you have, what strain you're smoking on. Or, or if you found something good and you want to shout it from the mountains, go into our comments and let us know. All right. Time to rate. And we, I guess, we're rating the same weed this yeah, week. Yeah, we are. Um, what do you go for aroma? Aroma is a five. As soon as I smelled it, I was like, that's the one I want. I'm going to yeah. give it a five. It is very delicious smelling. Yeah. Mm. Taste, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a four. It has a really good taste, but I feel like it's, it smells a little bit better than it tastes. Okay. And initial effects. And initial effects, I'm gonna give it a four. It's uh it's pretty good. We've been I've been smoking on this for since last weekend, since sunset sesh. I feel very similar to your ratings. I would say five mm -hmm. for aroma, four and a half for taste, and initial effects. Um, I would also say four and a half. Okay. I'm enjoying it. Very nice. Yes. I'm gonna get another hit actually. Oh, go for it. <laughs> uh last weekend we had our first which is uh, where well, we one of our events, up. right? Where's where we pick this up? <laughs> Sunset Sesh was pretty fun. Uh, you know, it's a brand new thing. We have a a, a venue that's local in uh, Hallandale. It was pretty fun. I mean, a lot of our friends were there. Where the I, the paint and puff stuff was really cool. Yeah. I like that. I thought that was really nice. Or even Audrey Green Eyes, the the coloring. It was like Sharpie coloring on the right. canvases. Yes, and then. Uh, we did play Jenga inside for a while. The chill and games people are really cool too. They go, they while out on Friday nights at that place, and the, the floors were sticky to prove it because <laughs> they're like the alcohol. But uh, it was lots of fun, and I can't wait for the next one because we're gonna be it's gonna be bigger, better. We're gonna have more time to plan, maybe mm -hmm, get a few mm -hmm. more vendors. Some I want comedy. I want stand-up comedy to happen. She wants comedy and karaoke. Yeah, I think karaoke <laughs> would be fun too, but, you know, we'll see. But we definitely want to incorporate more activities in the next one. Do you have any ideas? Or also food. Yeah. I, I want to get more, like, uh, food trucks well, and other, other... Obviously, this venue is, <coughs> you know, they serve the drinks and stuff, but it would be pretty cool if we had, like, a couple of different... Uh, types of food to eat, like mm -hmm. different different people. So stay tuned. We're definitely gonna do sunset sesh uh, again. again. We'll let you know. When so that's locals, uh, look out for that. Also, locals, also look locals. out for us next weekend because we're, we're gonna be the beaches and the boats, bitches yeah. and blunts. Yeah. Don't forget the blunts. Beaches, blow beaches, boats, blunts, and bitches. That's yeah, the, name. the four B's. Uh, <laughs> Try beaches, to say that boats, fast. Blunts and bitches. So on Saturday, Saturday, July 15th, that should be this Saturday coming up now that this is airing on the 12th. Yeah, Wednesday. So Saturday, we're going to be meeting up on Hollywood Beach. Yep, on between Coolidge Street and Harding Street. <laughs> Coolidge. I When I saw that, I was like, I can't believe it's actually Coolidge. That's right. Yes, our 
our, 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 the, our queen, goat, the goat, the goat, the greatest of all time, Jennifer Coolidge will be meeting on Coolidge Street and Harding Street between those two streets on the beach. Yes. So hang out with us on Saturday. Leave the kids. Fuck them kids. Fuck that husband. I mean, you could bring the kids if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's no, the beach, for sure. It so is we're going to be outside. Right. And stuff. But, you know, there will probably be smoking happening. Yes. You know, discreetly, uh, of course, because we're know. still in the public and stuff like that. <laughs> but I've smoked on edibles. The beach. We got a lot edibles, of you. For sure. Love the edibles. Sure. Uh, so we'll be hanging out on the beach. Meet us up. And, and then, then Sunday, Sunday. That's the big day. We're going to be. We'll be, what was the song that I'm the on a lonely boat. Agnes, I want a boat? The, bo- the SNL song? <laughs> yeah, I want a boat. We should. We want to do it. They want to do a TikTok of us I'm doing on a that. Boat, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't or know both all the lyrics, hose. but we learned that Yanni knows all the words to that song. Yanni knows sun- them. Yeah, at Sunset Sesh, when we were there, that oh, song she came on, yeah. and she knew all the That's words. That's awesome. That That's awesome because I was like, "Oh my god, they're playing Lonely Island." <laughs> Listen, it, it, I would pay top dollar to go see them. Okay. And then I heard you guys singing and I came over to you and I was laughing. And then that's when I was like, the mother lover song is one of my favorite Lonely Island songs. I'm a mother lover, you're a mother lover. We each other's mother. It's such a good song. I laugh so hard every time. They're great. They are great. So yeah, boat day. Going out on the boat, hitting the sandbar, cruising the Miami coast, having a dinner at a boat up restaurant where they serve you right in the boat. Like we're going to. Well, I don't know. I hope we get there because you were talking today like we're not going to get to have the dinner on the on the boat. And that's like we have a couple slots open. If we fill those couple slots, we're having dinner on the boat. You guys, I want to have dinner. Otherwise, in order in order order no one else in order for no one to have to pay more. I know. Right. right, We're going to have to reduce the number of hours on the boat. So it's Yeah, it is a price for what? Uh, eight hours, seven hours, seven hours out on the boat. Yeah, that's ahead, and we and now we have to have to fulfill that order. We, we will have to give have you a, a goodie bag. You're gonna have a little goodie bag. Oh yeah, we got some really cute goodie bags. I wish I could show them to you, no, but then I would ruin the secret for all the homies. So yeah. we'll show them to you on our social media. Yeah, you'll see pictures stuff. and stuff. But it's it's really cool. And that's all like, you know, this is basically our patron um, event, right? We're able to do this because of our patrons that they help us by contributing and what they help with our everyday costs of the show and the extra money we put towards planning things like this. Yeah, you know, and the patrons, you know, becoming a patron also helps us afford costs to improve the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like we've come such a long way from when we started to where we're at. We kind of use our patrons as like a sounding board for ideas. Hey, do you think this is cool? They were the first ones who got to see the visual uh, yeah, product while, of the show the for show a while. The show was only available on Patreon. Right. Like and, visually, the video. Yeah. And we were like working on it. And their patrons will tell you they've seen. I mean, if you could go to our YouTube now and you could see the metamorphosis of what we were to what we become. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see that like our first episode has a lot of hits. And I want to like record a disclaimer and go back on that episode and be like, hi, so I noticed you're checking out our podcast for the <laughs> first time. But like, go, go to the late last episode because <laughs> I don't want people episode. to hear the first episode and then get stuck and then not know that like we it changed has changed a lot, lot since the very first episode. Yes. <laughs> so thanks to our patrons. And if you enjoy the show and you would like to get in on some of the events, and some of the little pre-planning and the fun little stuff that and behind we do. the scenes of stuff and, you lot. know, and see your dollars working. 
uh, come over to the dark side and come over to the come over to the smoky side <laughs> on our Patreon. You can go to potsmokymoms.com and it's there. Just click on it. In other news, what's what's happening recently? Uh, finally, with the insurance gave us our money. Yay! But it was so funny because we got the checks. We got the FedEx checks. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you at home, uh, audience, have the same relationship with your... Um, yeah, get a hold of the mouse because it's like... I don't know what's happening here. Because <laughs> it's not on the table. I don't know if all of you have the same relationship to the ring device. Um, That's the doorbell for your house. Usually what it, how it works is my husband has the app and I don't, but I'm home and I don't hear the doorbell. Okay. So he usually calls me or oh, texts you don't me have and be like, the hey, is someone's at the door. Right, I don't. I have it on an old phone. And I haven't never updated installed it. The app I on never your new phone. Right. So whenever somebody's at the door, he ringing, texts you don't me. Know somebody's there. I, right. So he's like, "Hey, there's FedEx at the door," and I'm like, "What? Who ordered it? I didn't order anything." <laughs> uh, and he's like, "I didn't either." But like, there, please, can you figure find out what's happening? Go out there. They left a note there, a, a letter. So I picked it up. It's the checks for the insurance. Woo woo! Right? Yeah. My husband's like, "Great." send me a picture so i could frame it i can make it my wallpaper <laughs> so no i'm kidding but he's like send me the picture so he go pick it up no send me the picture so we can have a like a you know we have like the thing uh documentation of it and then the next day he's like i'm gonna go deposit these and i'm like are you sure that that's it that you could just boop you could just oh yeah i'd like to deposit this and he was like yeah so he goes and it turns out guys they put it on hold. No, uh, America makes everything really hard. Now we got to get our mortgage to sign the check. Oh, our the, the, mortgage it's company. It's not made out just to your name? Well, I guess since we have a mortgage, we have to also have them like approve and sign off on it. But was the payable to? It was payable your, to us. I don't know. Did I'm, not in, they included your mortgage? I, I don't, I didn't see them on there. Hmm. But when when he got to the bank, they were like, no, they have to. to do that when I got insurance money. So, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's all the fucking hoops. It's like, <laughs> how many things can we make them do before they actually get to touch the money? So uh, we got to we're kind of close. We're almost there. And then it's like, oh, we have all the work lines up. Plus, we're still waiting for the roof. That's my number one thing. How's it like, holding up when it rains? Luckily, I pray to God every day. And, you know, sometimes it works. But sometimes I need to get out the buckets and the fucking... There's there's a whole forest growing on my ceiling. Yeah. The, there's the, mushrooms growing on my oh ceiling. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, the... Whatever the plan is in place, we're just I'm I'm, I'm praying and you know I'm about Jeez. to build an altar and shit. What a mission. Uh, anyhow, about t- talking about altars, also trying to work on myself. I've been trying to carve out time to you know do physical stuff, do some workouts. You know when I when I work out, I feel like I'm really paying attention to what I eat because mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, I worked so hard. I feel so good. Why am I going to fuck it up with this like, you know, bad food? <laughs> so I, we're trying. I'm cooking more at home. I'm trying to do the thing where like you eat earlier and you not you like cut it off that at a certain true. time. Then if you get real hungry, then you sleep for dinner. You, you know sleep what I'm saying? for dinner. <laughs> I'm trying to like, you know, and the thing is, is it's a back and forth because you know me like back in the day, I've gotten really crazy about it. And it could be very intense for me because it's like, oh, I want to see, I want to see, you, you want to see results. results quick. 
But I feel like I really want to. I want to be able to be fit and cool and in shape. I don't want to be like lagging behind my kid. I want to be involved in their sports. I want them to. I want to be an example for them. Mm-hmm. My kid called me yesterday working out. My oldest woke up and I was like, oh, but then I was like, oh, this is good. Like, let her see me. You. Yeah. Yeah. So she was like, what are you doing? And I'm, and she comes in and she starts kind of like working out with <laughs> so me. Cute. So, you know, I want to be that example for them. So I'm trying real hard to do that. You know, it's really hard for me to work out at home. It was easy for me when I was like paying Orange Theory and I was going to classes. Oh, my God. Orange Theory is the best. I loved it. Oh, it it is the best. And And the workout is really fun and it's it targets everything. It makes it like a game. Yeah. And it makes it like, oh, you want to hit those numbers and you want to be in that like zone for a certain number of minutes yeah. in the workout and if you go with someone you're like looking at their numbers, I looking at their numbers. yeah i yeah. do that with the people there even if yeah, i don't yeah, know them yeah, i'm yeah. just like i want to do better than them yeah i'm, <laughs> oh, I'm beating i'm beating smelly guy yeah <laughs> fuck that dude he needs better deodorant and that's when i was like i was going at least three or four times a week and that's when i was in the best shape and but then covid happened and i felt scared to go to the gym right um and then i fell out of it and then now it's just too damn expensive to do yeah now everybody i just can't afford it right it's really expensive to go there i do i've been wanting to do stuff and i've been wanting to sign up with the ymca because they also have things for your kids so that they could do stuff while you work mm-hmm. out and i really i i do like spin classes um i do like spin classes i've always wanted to like get good enough to like teach my own spin classes because sometimes like you go to spin classes and you're like oh this music sucks i could totally make a better playlist for this you know workout but you know my husband's like oh that costs money like do something to show that like you're gonna do it and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. Like, I don't really need to go out of my way to do something if I could do something here right now. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I, because two people will be like, oh, let's work out together. And I'm not, I can't, I can't, I listen, I gotta be, I gotta show up for myself. I could, I don't, I, I can't, I don't have enough showing up for myself to where I'm like gonna show up for everybody too, you know? So I'm usually like, I like to think of, I don't know, working out sometimes as a selfish thing of like, I'm gonna, please myself. I'm going to fucking work out. And I feel like the earlier you do it and get it out of the way so that you don't have to think about it, because sometimes me thinking about it is just like, mm, forget it. I don't mm-hmm. want to do it. By the end of the day, you're like, fuck feels it, I the best doing it in the morning. You have energy for the rest of the day. Exactly. Exactly. So guys, let's I, do this. I'm trying to get back. I just, it's just doing it at home is hard for me. I can't, it's hard to force me myself to do it. If I'm not like leaving sure. my house and going somewhere to go do it. And somebody telling me what to do. That's really helpful. I feel like pick see if you go looking around for something that you like, like instruction wise. Netflix, that's where I found. Uh, I think we were. I was I looking know, through but that's something again in the house. I don't. Yeah, I feel like if I, just, I don't motivate I, myself I have somewhere, doing that. Yeah, like I need to stop, figure out my mindset to change that habit. And yeah, do it in my house. Yeah, I saw a bunch of stuff available on Netflix because too, like, kind of, kind of cutting back, right? Because how many fucking subscriptions do you have to shit, right? I've been thinking about cutting Netflix. Yeah. So, but I found on Netflix, I'm talking about cutting it out, a bunch of like Nike workout shit that like they have ten minute workouts, and that's where I'm starting at because I'm like, I could do, a, I could do ten minutes. Like, I there's no excuse for not doing at least ten minutes of something that's not gonna kill me. Mm-hmm. 
two, because I don't want to get like super exhausted, girl, the first time and then be like, fuck that shit and not come back to it. So I'm doing 10 minute workouts. I'm trying to to tone specific things and go for like specific because two, there's certain stuff like I like I would like to get into yoga, but it's a little bit slow for me. And like my knees, I don't do good kneeling down and stuff on the mm-hmm. floor. So it's like I it's also have to be that you do good stretching, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. And warming up too, not just jumping into like, oh, whatever. But um, I like doing uh, weight resistance stuff and even stuff that's like body body weight resistance. So you don't necessarily have to do dumbbells, especially as a starting point. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we're there. We're trying. I don't want to talk too much about it because also, too, I don't want to kill my motivation by just like eh, telling everybody about it. You know, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I'd rather keep it to myself and it be my thing. So, but I get that. And then I met up with another uh, pot smoking dad yesterday and we went to uh, to the kids museum, which was really fun. We have a membership That's for awesome. the local kids museum because it was like just paying a little extra. Right. That mm-hmm. well, at one time we went to then be able to go back again the whole year for free. So, hey, if you guys want to, um, you know, do something that you can join a museum program, find out what kind of program mm-hmm. the kids museum has. And that, and they change exhibits too. So it's like they're always changing it up a little bit. And it's something for the kids. And that's to do, indoor, man. right? Indoor, yeah. They have like an outdoor too. Yeah, but there's this you know, indoor a good amount. But indoor, there's so many cool things. And then the little the kids get stuck sometimes in certain areas. And that's like cool. I want them to like Yeah. Explore. Stay there for a while and play there for a little while, you know, and then we can come back another day and stay in another little area for another time or whatever. But it was really fun getting. I mean, we didn't get to smoke or do any of that stuff, but I mean, I'm sure you guys smoked individually before right. leaving home. So. Right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. He was like, oh, well, we could, we could sneak away. And I'm like, I don't know, man, that's going to be really too much of a mission. I don't think we could pull it off right <laughs> now. Pens, it would have been the only option. Yeah. While you're on the outside. That's true. Pens that while you're outside. Pens, that's true. For sure. But I it was time. And you know what? <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> And I'm you, outside. Yeah, right. And vaping is like whatever. You can just <laughs> um, it was cool, like, you know, having the trifecta of the parent, because he has two little ones and they're like around the same age as my kids. Mm-hmm. So it kind of works out. He said he was following us on TikTok before he moved down here. That's so funny. I thought that was very funny. He's like, now oh, we're 2020 pandemic. And I was like, boy, we were we was popping. We was hot back then on the TikToks <laughs> before that account got banned. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. It was getting kind of weird, too. And then they <laughs> changed up. TikTok has changed a lot, too, since we first started on there. So anything for you this week that is monumental or you'd like to share with the class? No, not really. <laughs> I don't have anything happening. Just work and preparing for boats. Bitches and blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Preparing for that. So you'll see the uh, end results of that next weekend. Yeah. I mean, we had the 4th of July. We had friends over. That's pretty much it. You know, yes. that's been the extent. 4th of July, we were like hanging, you know, indoors. I They have an open carry thing here now. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure that I want to yeah, be out so mo- often. Freaking shoot guns in the air for some damn reason. They think that's a good idea. Yeah. It's not. Knock it off. Hey, you audience member. (laughs) We love you so much. If you're a patron, we appreciate you. If you're not, there's good news. You could become a patron. You could support our show and you could see how us flourish 
You know what I'm saying? Be part of our growth. Check out our website and see how you could support us on Patreon. See all the additional perks that you get too. So many of them. Which is my favorite is the Discord. We can do watch parties. Smoke sessions. Smoke sessions. Planning all the events that we're going to do. Hey, but you know what? If you can't do that right now, we get you. We understand. You know, you just lending us your ears is a lot of love. And we appreciate that. Hey, drop us a review. Subscribe. Mm-hmm. Tell your neighbor about us. We really need some reviews on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Please go there. Leave us a review. If you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment. Like it. Put some engagement on it. Give us some love. Yes. Hey, and and ready for our first segment. Let's go. Let's do it. News thugs, where we get high and And read read the the news news to you. All right, so the push for legal weed faces hostile ground in red states. Weed legalization, this is from Politico. (coughs) So weed legalization advocates are running out of friendly territory. The movement has swept the country over the last decade. Nearly half of Americans now live in a state where anyone at least 20 years old can legally possess and purchase marijuana. Legal weed sales are slated to top 35 billion this year and are expected to surpass 70 billion by 2030, according to the New Frontier data. (coughs) Since December, five new recreational markets have launched, including New York, Missouri, Maryland, uh, where sales began on Saturday. And those states alone added 37 million people to the legal weed column. But that's left plenty of holdouts, overwhelmingly in more conservative territory, particularly in the deep south. And there are increasing signs of a legalization backlash in deep red America. Voters in four states, Arkansas, Oklahoma, North Dakota, and South Dakota, have rejected adult use referendums in the last nine months. Every county in Oklahoma voted against a March referendum that would have legalized possession and sales for adults. The lower hanging fruit are increasingly picked, said Karen O'Keefe, director of state policies at legalization advocacy group Marijuana Policy Project. It's going to require moving into states that are in many respects more challenging. Here's a look at this year's legalization action and what potentially lies ahead. Legislation passed. Maryland adults lined up to buy legal weed on July 1st, less than two months after lawmakers sent Democratic Governor Westmore legislation establishing a recreational market. The state sold nearly 10.5 million worth of weed during its first weekend of sales. Jesus. Making such a tight deadline to launch sales was a feat in itself. In part spurred by policymakers' concerns that an illicit market could have become more entrenched if the rollout took longer. That meant allowing existing medical marijuana operators to be the first to serve the adult use market, which could make it more difficult for social equity applicants. Entrepreneurs from marginalized groups were prioritized for licensing to break in when the state issues additional licenses in January. Lawmakers are sure to return to the issue next year's legislative session. Democratic State Senator Jill Carter, a key legalization advocate, praised the provision that would direct 35% of cannabis tax revenues to a fund for community reinvestment for areas that were disproportionately impacted by marijuana enforcement. 
But she's concerned that the bill does not get rid of criminal penalties for distribution, nor does it provide a pathway for unlicensed weed sellers to get into the regulated industry. They need us to be intentional about bringing them in the fold, Carter said. So in Minnesota, Minnesota has forged its own unique legalization path. The state enacted a medical program in 2014, but didn't allow smokable flower products to be sold until 2022. It's like us. We had the similar thing happen here in Florida. Then last July, the state legalized low potency hemp derived beverages in edibles. Hmm. Same here. Later on, edibles Edibles, came. Yeah. The launch of that market sparked a boomlet of new cannabis businesses, but also raised public health concerns due to the lack of licensing and testing requirements. Democrats won full control of the legislature in November, opening a pathway to full legalization. In May, a bill, a bill legalizing possession and sales for adults cleared both chambers by just one vote in the Senate. And then in this next slide, they show Minnesota Governor Tim Waltz smiling while signing a bill at a desk with many other people gathered around. Look how happy he is to Everybody's sign that like, bill. Woo-hoo, like, woo-hoo, that? That's not, that looks like what? The ghost of Santa Claus. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Minnesota Governor Tim Waltz signs a bill to legalize recreational marijuana for people over the age of 21, making Minnesota the 23rd state to do so on May 30th, 2023 in St. Paul. We successfully avoided some of the pitfalls that in other states have led to the continuation of the illicit marketplace, said Democratic State Rep. Zach Stevenson, the chief sponsor of the House bill. Citing lower taxes and tough penalties for illicit sales as two important elements. We created a lot of incentives to participate in the fully regulated marketplace. The recreational market isn't expected to launch until 2025, although Democratic Governor Tim Waltz has suggested that Native American tribes could start adult use sales much earlier. Oh, interesting. So you were going to be going to the reservations to get their weed until the market opens. Interesting. Delaware. For the past five years, Democratic Yeah, Delaware state- just happened. You didn't hear about Delaware? I'm so happy about Delaware because I, we have friends in Delaware. Delaware is really nice. Yeah. And it's it really nice to be around. You're like right around all the other states. So. Yeah. For the past five years, Democratic State Rep- Representative Ed Osienski has been trying to legalize adult use cannabis in the first state. This year, the indefatigable what What the the hell hell? is that word indefatigable indefatigable infatigable indefatigable i don't know guys (laughs) legalization advocate managed to shepherd a pair of cannabis bills to the democratic governor john carney's desk in march one to legalize marijuana possession for adults and another to set up regulated market while Carney remains opposed to legalization, he vetoed one of Oskiensky's bills last year. The governor allowed the bills to become law without his signature. My views on this issue have not been changed, Carney said in a statement. I believe we've spent far too much time focused on the issue. It's time to move on. So he said, like, leave me out of this. Well, he's dumb. They still went, <laughs> they still went with it anyway. He said, leave me out of this. And everybody said, like, I bet, want nothing bet. to do with this. And they're like, okay, don't well, smoke. We it. don't need you, bet. motherfucker. We're still going to do it. Good for Delaware. <laughs> Good. The licensing process for the adult use market will begin in the summer of 2024. Mm, there you go. 
So a close-up package of Maryland branded orange drizzle cannabis is showing on the screen. Oh, an employee of the Gold Leaf store in Annapolis holds a package of cannabis on June 26, 2023. The store, which has been selling marijuana for medicinal purposes, began selling cannabis recreationally oh, on July here. 1st for people 21 and older. That dispensary is here. Gold Leaf? They're just like in Yeah, they just, they're new. Areas. They're pretty new and they're like in, I think they're in the Gold What's the Gold what is that area of there's of the Florida? Emerald Coast? Is there a Gold Coast? I don't know. They're in a part you, of maybe Florida. you're thinking because it's Gold Leaf, it's Gold Coast. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, they're in, but they're up in northern Florida a little they're bit. They're not by us. Basically. They're like central Florida, I think. But no, what's the part that Sarasota is on? I'm saying Pete on that. Southwest Florida. Like Southwest Florida. I think that's the side they're on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Kentucky. Lawmakers overwhelmingly passed legislation in March establishing a medical program after Years of failed efforts. The stumbling block had long been the Senate, but both GOP-led chambers backed the bill this year by two-to-one margins. The bill was strongly supported by Democratic Governor Andy Bashir, who previously issued an executive order legalizing marijuana possession for medical purposes. However, Kentucky's program will include some significant restrictions. Home cultivation and smokable products won't be permitted, and there will be potency caps on all products. The program isn't expected to launch until 2025. I mean, it's going to start and you'll progressively get things. Like that's how it happens. Yeah, it'll be 2025 before they know it. Yeah, but they don't even get like like here. They didn't get they're not going to get smokable flour to start. They're not going to have yeah. high potency stuff. So the legislation is not going to allow the industry to flourish as it should, said C.J. Carter, director of the Kentucky chapter of Minorities for Medical Marijuana. Hmm. Legislation still alive in New Hampshire. A familiar story played out this legislative session in New Hampshire. The House passed an adult use legislation bill only for the proposal to die in Senate in May. But the following day, Republican Governor Chris Sununu, a longtime legalization opponent, came out in support of a state-run cannabis market. Sununu's newfound support for a marijuana monopoly Monopoly model spurred lawmakers in the house to briefly consider sometimes like a bunch of funny words uh, one after the other. I'm like, wait a minute, what did I marijuana say? Marijuana monopoly. I'm thinking of like a gay, like a marijuana themed monopoly. Sununu's now. newfound support for a marijuana monopoly model spurred lawmakers in the house to briefly consider attaching such a proposal to separate legislation. Though that effort ultimately did not go anywhere, lawmakers ended up sending a bill to Sununu's desk last week. I would create a commission to study state-controlled cannabis sales. Commission is tasked with producing a report that proposes legislation by December 1st. Damn. And in North Carolina, a bill to legalize medical marijuana is stuck in the North Carolina House. The bill passed the Senate by a vote of 36 to 10 earlier this year, as it did last year, and now is running into procedural hurdles in the House. Procedural hurdles. Those are here. They're showing Delmer words. Langley walking through a greenhouse with rows of hemp plants. Delmer, hello, Delmer Langley. Delmer's like, oh, who's Delmer Langley? So here he walks through one of his greenhouses at Hemp Farm in Wilson County, North Carolina, on April twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. He looks so happy. House Speaker Tim Moore told local news that he won't bring the bill to the floor until a majority of Republican lawmakers say they'll vote yes. Something he says he does with every bill. Senate Rules Committee Chairman Bill Rabin, the lead sponsor of the legislation, in retaliation added an amendment to an unrelated bill 
now <laughs> not allowing it to become law unless a medical marijuana legislation is also enacted. Hmm. If the bill can make it through the House, it will likely be signed by Democratic Governor Roy Cooper, who supports medical marijuana legalization. So it looks like good chance there for North Carolina. Market launches in Connecticut. Connecticut launched recreational weed sales in January after after legalization was approved in 2021. Existing medical. We actually, we've talked to people in Connecticut, uh, to PZs PZs in Connecticut, Yeah. yeah. Existing medical marijuana dispensaries were the first to be able to serve customers over the age of 21, which is what will happen here. Equity businesses were able to follow soon after through partnerships and joint ventures with established businesses. Before the adult use market could launch, Connecticut's law required that there be a total of at least 250,000 square feet of approved growth space to ensure medical marijuana patients would have enough supply. Adult use cannabis sales have been growing every month, while medical marijuana sales started falling in March. The state saw nearly 23 million in cannabis sales in May. 23 million. Damn. Missouri. Missouri's new adult use marijuana market is off to a robust, robust start. With sales skyrocketing after the launch in February, the state surpassed 1 billion. Holy shit. And marijuana sales this May. The state also saw a 350% increase in cannabis industry jobs over the last year, surpassing all other state markets in job growth, according to a recent report from cannabis recruitment firm Vangst. Look, a cannabis recruitment firm. Need a job uh, in the cannabis <laughs> industry? Maybe check out Vangst. Man, that'd be cheap. <laughs> I mean, here in Florida, cannabis companies are paying peanuts. They might as well be paying their employees and products, bro. I swear to God. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Was this lady holding mm. so shows here? Tanya Knight looks at marijuana buds for recreational use at proper cannabis dispensary in Kansas proper. City, Missouri. Uh, cannabis products are seen on display at Housing Works Cannabis Company in New York. We talked House about that place puff. before in a story. And uh, that's it. That's what those pictures are. If you're watching on YouTube, you get to see that. Yeah, go to our YouTube. You get to see all <laughs> kinds of stuff. <laughs> However, Missouri has not yet awarded micro business licenses, which were included in the legalization framework as a way to help small entrepreneurs and people harmed by disproportionate drug enforcement. The framework faced criticism from grassroots advocates during the legalization campaign because it it bars micro business licenses from doing business with other licensees. Hmm. This is like a trip around cannabis America. Yeah, this we're hearing all those stuff for the year. And this it's we very should do like a, an Animaniacs uh, music number of oh us in God. different states. <laughs> Mississippi, the Magnolia State's much anticipated medical market launch in late January. The relatively wide open licensing rules have enticed lots of weed entrepreneurs to set up shop. More than 300 businesses have received licenses, including roughly 180 dispensaries. But those businesses will be competing for a pretty small group of customers owing to relatively stringent enrollment rules. Lawmakers made changes to the program this year in hopes of making it easier to enroll. Among the adjustments, the Mississippi Department of Health will only have 10 days to approve a patient's application, down from 30 days previously. And healthcare providers will be permitted to assist their patients in filling out the necessary paperwork, get a medical card. Well, they're trying to get that shit going. So this is a uh, Kevin Blackwell. He holds up a bag of hemp during his presentation of the Mississippi Medical Cannabis Act in the Senate chamber at the Mississippi State Capitol, Capitol in Jackson. He's and like, you see, the this? body passed the act. 
This is some good shit right here. <laughs> this is the kind of shit I'd smoke. All right. Y'all need to step in line with. I don't know. Whatever. Let company. us know in he the comments what in state are you in and what do you deal with to get your weed? Yes. Alabama. Alabama is still working on implementing its medical program after lawmakers passed a bill to legalize medical cannabis last year. The state has the distinction of offering the most difficult application process of any state, according to industry officials with experience applying for licenses and restrictive medical programs. They make you do double dutch. They're like, of course, they're making it. I mean, it's Alabama. This is the South we're talking about. I'm surprised. Can we see you do the macarena? Medical. Uh, as has become expected in any merit-based limited licensed cannabis program, regulators have run up against legal challenges from applicants who lost out on the potentially lucrative licenses. It's unclear whether the program will be able to launch sales at the end of the year as expected after a judge enjoined state regulators from issuing final licenses amid litigation. They're like trying to just put major breaks on that shit. Here we go. Oh, I get our no, lovely state of Florida. Our state of Florida is mm. up in the mix. Potential future referendums. Yeah, of course. We mm. not don't act like this new information. Mm. All eyes will be it. on the Sunshine State in 2024. Florida already has the largest medical program in the country, Ooh. with more than 830 thousand patients enrolled. We're really, the largest and nearly. I know. I mean, we're a big ass state, bro. Look at how I it takes it was you strange that it was five like days to get out of here if you're driving. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. It's not five days, but it's like a day. It feels day. like fucking five days. Okay. <laughs> a patient's enrolled in nearly 600 dispensaries statewide. Pretty soon we'll have more dispensaries and smoke shops, right? <laughs> An effort to put a recreational use referendum on the ballot next year is being almost entirely bankrolled by da, 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 truly the state's largest cannabis operator. If successful, it could have a significant political ramification for next year's presidential election as well, <laughs> potentially reshaping turnout into a massive state that's always crucial in national votes. Oh, the legalization campaign has already collected in excess of one million signatures, surpassing the threshold needed to make it on the ballot. A Republican attorney general. Ashley Moody. We talked about this last week. Moody Tutti Fruity has asked the state Supreme Court to reject the legalization petition, arguing that it misleads voters in several ways, including by failing to point out that the drug remains illegal in federal level. I think Bitch, we all everybody know knows that already. That. Yes, uh, <laughs> Moody. <laughs> Sit down. Even though I am whatever, I'm like, job, grab your popcorn. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Ohio, the Buckeye State, has two potential avenues to legalize adult-use marijuana. Ohio. Voters could have a chance to weigh in on a ballot initiative in November, or the state legislator could pass a bill. But legalization bills have gone nowhere in previous sessions, and a ballot initiative was rejected by voters in 2015. Oh, voters. Oh, damn. In Ohio, get it together. Yeah, they're showing voters and people walking by the polls. <laughs> They're showing weed oh, under these lights. pictures are so telling you guys. This is, this um, is the pictures are showing know. us in the story. They're like these voters rejected this weed down here. Yeah, see these weeds down here. You <laughs> they're like smoked them. They're saying no, no. Well, maybe it might change in the next. Still, things have changed since then. See. See, that's what the story. Maybe it's changed. <laughs> For one, the group leading the push. 
The Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol has learned from the failed 2015 initiative, which proposed a marijuana monopoly of 10 cultivation licenses for the campaign's wealthy backers. Can I suggest to All cut back on the name a little bit? Because like, pull it down, because like a coalition regulate. to regulate marijuana like alcohol. <laughs> I get where you're going. That's like a benefit statement. They just want it all there. In the yeah, day. they're like, we're just going to make it easy for you guys to understand. <laughs> you know what we're, what we're about. We, we don't, you you guys don't ask how many bottles of alcohol we got. So the campaign expects to turn in more than enough signatures to make the November ballot on July 5th. Meanwhile, a bipartisan pair of lawmakers introduced a bill to legalize recreational marijuana, which could serve as another avenue for legalization if the ballot measure Initiative does not succeed. Jeez. Other states. Advocates are aiming to get adult use marijuana on the ballot in South Dakota. They've been trying for. After a question failed at the polls in 2022. Get on it. They're also working to get medical marijuana questions before the voters in Nebraska, Idaho, and Wyoming. The later two states could also see decriminalization initiatives at the ballot box in 2024. I mean, at this rate, most of the states are going to be legal before it's federally. I mean, get with the program. I mean, it's slowly. You saw that map earlier that we showed. There's a lot of states already where it's there's millions and millions of Americans even where there's legal weed. Yeah. Hey guys, you made it to the next uh, segment. Our, this next segment, <laughs> yeah, and be laughing it up. <laughs> I love you, Miami. <laughs> I love you, Miami. This week, we have a story from Marlin Stadium. Bark again. Marlin staged massive fireworks display on dog night. (laughs) Look Look at at that that terrified floof. A terrified floof on the screen. Who thinks of that? Who would like, you know, there's a bunch of dogs going to be there. Who thinks of doing fireworks? I know that don't they always do fireworks there? Did they just not think, okay, dog night, maybe we should not. Do the yeah, fire. like whoever was in charge of this campaign <laughs> needs to get fired because how are you going to bring your dogs to a firework night? That's insane. Uh, we all know how much poor dogs are afraid of fireworks. On Monday, July 3rd, the Miami Marlins held their annual Bark in the Park promotion, wherein dog-loving Marlins fans bring their best friend to Lone Depot Park. Oh, my. To enjoy That's the new name. I guess so. I didn't even know it was changed to Lone Depot. That so apparently terrible. it's Lone Depot. Uh, Lone Depot Park. To enjoy a baseball game on the surface, it seemed like a good <coughs> marketing ploy. A midsummer evening game at the tail end. Insert wag here. Oof. Oh my god! <laughs> of this year's uber long July Fourth weekend. On the other hand, the team slated another special event for the very same night—an Independence Day celebration advertised as the ultimate fireworks show. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Couldn't they just change the 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 park in the park night to Talk another day communication <laughs> all things considered it was a curious conjunction a fireworks display in close proximity to countless canines a species that isn't exactly renowned for its love of high decibel blasts to be fair the team had alerted the human fans who turned out for the event that the fireworks show would commence 15 minutes after the game ended that's not enough time that's not enough time to get out of there and far away enough and that any skittish pooches should be escorted out before then. That's rough. (laughs) 
Unfortunately for one local hound who consented to an interview on the condition that we referred to him only as Buddy, that wasn't enough time to escape the furry fury. It started out as a lovely day at Lone Depot Stadium. Ugh. Looking out over the diamond, just snuggling up with my human and watching America's pastime. Buddy barks to the New Times via an interpreter. We sat down along the first baseline. I snacked on some doggy <laughs> treats and watched my owner nearly catch a foul ball. When the game ended, sorry, I'm still talking in character. <laughs> I got to change it. This is the dog's voice. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's what I assumed it would sound like. When the game ended, like. yes. When the game ended, Buddy and friends. Oh, he was not. He's not headed toward the exit. He's not disclosing who his friend is. Oh, he, well, his his owner. Right. Okay. Oh, his owner. He's not saying his owner's name. He's being respectful. <laughs> right. Right. He's Buddy toward the exit <laughs> with a detour to the restroom. Just that he morning. Just that morning, Buddy clarifies he begged for those weak old empanadas, but his owner insisted on eating them all himself and was now dealing with the repercussions. Oh, minute after minute passed as Buddy patiently baited. Little did he know that an elaborate, explosive procession was about to take place, apart from the one which he was already bearing witness <laughs> inside his little puppy butt. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> this, he's just sitting there watching his owner poop. Okay, so suddenly there was a dog ear splitting boom pop boom. Buddy cowered beside his Aww. owner as they hightailed it for the exit. It was brutal. I can't do what, what's Buddy's voice. Do whatever you think it, Buddy's voice is. It, I don't know. Buddy's voice. Just is... go for it. Come up with your own Buddy's voice. Let's do it. We don't have a filter here. So you just got to come up with your own. Do it. It's fun. It's like, go for it. <laughs> you could talk like this. It was no, brutal. No. Like has not. Bruno does that. It was brutal. No. Like I felt I was in the middle of an apocalypse. <laughs> The, the dog, dog barks. barks. I mean, I can hear a pine cone drop half a mile away. This felt like the battle of the... Oh, what is that? Serenola inside my flopping ear holes. Oh, my God. Poor buddy. The dog barks. <laughs> Poor buddy. Oh, he's Here's so buddy. Terrified. Buddy says he's been waking up panting and terrified in wee hours of the night, oh haunted by the sights and sounds of Independence Day oh, 2023. He's going to have to get therapy. The events were organized by Stadium's Department of Marketing Expediency, Expediency, which scheduled out last year's gallon jug of peanuts giveaway on the same afternoon as the debilitating food allergy. Oh convention. no, this, this is... can't be true. They're making that up too. Amid the uproar that followed the booking of a candlelight ceremony to coincide with highly flammable liquids appreciation. Highly flammable <laughs> liquids appreciation night. What the fuck? <laughs> the department installed the new vice president of marketing, Thaddeus Willikers, who insisted he had big plans to revamp the department's promotion strategies. Buddy says he has not received an apology from Willikers, but is in contact with the Marlins. Hold on. Let me make sure this is Buddy talking here. <laughs> the front office has been in touch and they've made some overtures, Buddy adds. <laughs> Season tickets merch for my owner. Let's just say they're willing to throw in, throw me a bone or two. <laughs> 
Whoa. Marlin's <laughs> official declined to comment beyond assenting that dogs don't have the ability to communicate in full sentences and that this story is a big fat lie. <laughs> it's a fabrication. <laughs> Uh, oh my god look at that is g willikers <laughs> this has got to be my favorite part of the story that is g wilkers left vice president of stadium promotions alongside dr squish strategic director of the parks department of marketing marketing expediency you i this knew there was some shady the, shit happening of course this was planned by cats yeah obviously like, obviously online However, the outrage was palpable. Whoever scheduled this must be a cat person. <laughs> One real life, themselves. presumably human baseball fan, actually wrote after a tweet from Because Miami brought the situation to light. This is by far the stupidest thing I've heard about all week. And boy, have there been some dumb things going on this week. Observed another. <laughs> Please wait. Can I we see? This, keep Thaddeus up. This story. is my favorite. I love this. Look at this. Uh, his. <laughs> Thaddeus Willikers and the other one is Dr. Squishums. Because <laughs> his face is all squished. I mean, oh. right? You'd open the door and there they are, and you're like, oh God, I should have known. <laughs> Those cute fuckers. Hey, thank you guys for uh putting up with our hijinks. Oh, High check point. Oh, High yeah. check point. We're wow. here at the end, and I I packed myself another bowl. It is. We got to do the high checkpoint. We need some kind of like sound effect for this. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that either. Why was that a drum? I don't even know if it got heard on the computer. I don't know what that was. Oh my God. All right. So what do you rate it for extended effects? Um, I'm going to give it I'm going to go ahead and say, let's say a 4.5. I agree. That was the same rating I was going to give. 4.5. You see, copy me? Are you effects. copying me? <laughs> no, that's what I was going to say. Are you copying me? We should have had and boards. Then I, I write we should on have the boards thing. when we do the same thing and write it on the board. And then show it. <laughs> like, uh, what is that? With the when the Mary, the newlywed game? The newlywed game, yeah. We should do it because I was adding in. We have a document, you guys. We put in our script. I didn't look at hers. I just put mine. I found mine. I was I, I was getting shit done, guys. Uh, and then when we went back, I saw her take it out, and I'm like, oh fuck, she has the same shit as me. <laughs> but it's great, right? Yeah. We both agree. I enjoy it. Love it. Good stuff. Hey, you know what else I love? This interview you're about to hear. It was pretty life changing. <laughs> Uh, but Ryan Sprague, he's fantastic. We had a really lovely conversation with him. He is cannabis coach and owner, CEO of Highly Optimized, which is a conscious cannabis brand dedicated to helping the world become more conscious with cannabis and their lives as a whole. Uh, we have a really good conversation with him. I'm trying to figure out maybe like switching up, taking a break, getting a little more like aware. Intentional with, with your exactly, use. Intentional with use. Sometimes it does become kind of a crutch and you're just like, oh, I'm just I want to just take a chill for a second. And like, you know, you get too used to it. So it was a very enlightening conversation with mm -hmm. him. Um, here is our interview. Hope you enjoy it. Well, how did how did you get into the cannabis space? Uh, tell us about first. Tell us also about your first experience using cannabis yes. and how you decided to get into the cannabis space as a cannabis yeah. coach. 
Yeah, this is great. So I'll try to do the story as quickly as possible. I could definitely make this last 30 minutes. I've, <laughs> I've tried to condense it down as much as possible, just the high points, pardon the pun, but um, I'll get into my first experience first. So my first experience technically was when I was 14, I pulled a Bill Clinton. I did not inhale. Um, but you know, there's a lot of friends that were doing it and I just like, they weren't really the kind of people I wanted to do it with. I didn't have the language for any of this when I was 14, of course, but you know, I just, they weren't the kind of people that I felt safe you know, connecting with cannabis for the first time in. So I remember we had gone to a stock car race, this girl I was dating, her dad raced stock cars. And so it was like 12 of us, I would imagine in two different cars. And uh, when we got back to her house at the end of the night, everyone slept over. And so we went out on her roof at like two in the morning and we smoked out of like a, a I don't know what, you know, I don't know what that professional name is, but we used to call it a ghetto bong, you know, and it was just like uh, a plastic water bottle with a tinfoil, the whole thing. Right. So MacGyver you know, I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so I took the one hit. I didn't inhale. I just kind of like mouthed it and then pretended to be high so they wouldn't know. Uh, so that was technically my first time. My first time like actually choosing to inhale and actually choosing to connect with cannabis was with my really good friends a couple of years later. And we were at my friend's dad's house, who was a state trooper, funnily enough. And my buddy, Danny, uh, he is a very creative person. And so he had taken a lightsaber, the kind that if you go like this, it like all the extensions come out. And he had taken all the extensions out except the first one. And then he had drilled a hole into it and put a bowl into it to essentially make a steam <laughs> bowl, right? So basically, every time we wanted to connect with cannabis, he'd be like, hey, let's go to the dark side. And he'd light the red light <laughs> up and we'd go, you know? So so that was that was like my first time, right, was we were underneath the house. We had been drinking. I was never a big drinker, but I had a few drinks. And so I rip this, this steamroller. And I go inside and I'm like, you know, the whole like, I'm not feeling anything. And then all of a sudden I just come to on a couch in the middle of a conversation with someone, had no idea how I got there. And the first thought in my head was like, I think it's working, you know? And, <laughs> and then like, literally I stayed on that couch for like the next 30 minutes um, just to make sure I wasn't going to like black out again. And then at the end of the night, my friends coffined me. You guys ever heard of what a coffin is? I mean, like not a real coffin, but like, like a hot box, uh, similar, but what they did was. I fell asleep on a couch. There was two identical couches there. I fell asleep on one. They then flipped the other couch up on top of me. So when I woke up, I was, I was, I like, I knew what had happened. I was like, get this fucking couch off me. Right. But, uh, it was really hilarious, you know? So that was my first experience, uh, connecting with the plant. And it was about my third time that I connected with it, that I found that it really helped my anxiety because I had now at this point, this is a few months later. This is in, that was over the summer of my, freshman year. Um, and so this is like sophomore year. So of course they're telling you, Hey, better make sure you know what you want to do in two years. Cause you're going to have to do it for the rest of your life. Right. So no, no big deal, no pressure. Right. So I started feeling a lot of this like anxious sensation come up. And so I went to the doctor and they then di diagnosed me with anxiety and told me I had anxiety, right? Good language trick there. Oh, you have this now. So they started putting me on pharmaceuticals. I would try them. They didn't work. And then uh, at the recommendation of a friend, he was like, oh, I use cannabis for that. Right now, again, the language was probably different when we were 15, 16, whatever it was. But, you know, that was when I discovered. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, I smoke weed for that. You know, so I tried it. And this was like the first time that I wasn't doing it in a party atmosphere. Um, I was hanging out with friends, but we were just kind of like hanging out. And I realized I'm like, wow, this is really nice. And what happened was it allowed me to experience the realization that I was not my thoughts. 
So in that moment, I had this huge awareness and epiphany of like, oh, well, if I'm on my thoughts, then who actually am I? And so that then started a lifelong mystery of questioning everything. But after that, like many people, of course, I found that cannabis helped me with this thing that I did not like, this thing called anxiety. And so I never learned at that point how to deal with this anxiety on my own. So I ended up connecting with more and more cannabis. And just like many people do, no judgment, right? But I ended up connecting with it more and more. And eventually what was something that really helped me became something that was kind of a crutch, right? And so again, no judgment, anything like that. It was just something that I started realizing like, okay, this is happening. And at that point it was fine. It was, it was totally fine. And so when I get into school for psychology, I ended up realizing real quickly that I didn't want to wear khakis for the rest of my life. So I was like, I got to ejecto cedo out of here, right? So I ended up finishing my degree for psychology, but when I was in my second year of college, I went to the Boston Freedom Rally one year, which is that big public display of disobedience where everyone comes out and smokes. And it was a much bigger deal before it was legal here. Now it's kind of just like a celebration. Like, yeah, we did it. Um, but, you know, what happened was I come out of the subway and I hear a guy yelling, who wants to make butter with me? So I wander on over. I'm like, I like cannabis butter. And this guy's passing out this pamphlet for a new cannabis institute opening five minutes from where I was living. So I had this like first, it was the first time I had really felt like a fuck yes from my heart. And so I went home and told my father, cause I was a broke college student and my father and I, he wasn't always supportive of my cannabis use. But when I was 18, I had my first, what I call mortality crisis. I woke up one day and I started peeing blood. I had no idea why. Right. So he brings me to the hospital and on the way there, he's like, I gotta know, are you doing drugs? And I said, no. Yet I am consuming a lot of cannabis, right? Again, probably different language use, but that was the idea of it. So when I told him that, I saw him have a sigh of relief, which for me was very interesting because my dad was always kind of like a just say no Nancy Reagan approach type guy. So I was like, all right, that's interesting. So when I go to the hospital, we have like this beautiful conversation about it. I start showing a lot of the research I've been doing. And again, at that point, this is now 2011. There was a lot more research out. So he was like, wow, I guess I just didn't know what I didn't know. Like, if this is helping you, then, hey, that's awesome. You're in school. You're fulfilling your responsibilities. I'll give them me. So after that, it became a connection point for my dad and I. He wasn't a cannabis user, but he always just enjoyed getting an insight into my world. And so fast forward now, I'm going home and I'm telling him, dad, can you help me out with the tuition for this? I want to do this. So he was like, well, I'll do one better for you, man. I'll go with you. I'm really interested to learn more about this stuff, right? If you're into it, I want to be into it. So we ended up going to cannabis school together, which was... Super- was he really into it because of you or was he had he had uh, experience? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you want to know his experience? So my dad was someone who uh, he smoked cigarettes. He used to drink and party and everything back in the day. He never liked cannabis though. And this is why. So one time in the 80s, him and his first wife decided they were going to get a joint and smoke it. So they were at their house. They smoked this joint. And they ended up hearing a cop siren like four blocks away, right? They had, yeah, exactly. They got paranoid central and they ended up hiding under a table with all the, uh, with all the windows uh, shades closed for like six hours. So that was his only experience up until that point. Right. So he was just like really excited. Like he, my dad loved socializing. He loved being a part of what I was doing. And so he was like, this thing's awesome. Like I'll go to the school, be in completely a different place than I've ever been. And so we start going there and, you know, there's a holistic health advocate that works there. I was starting to get into exercise from my mortality crisis. I was like, I got to take care of myself, you know, because I was a typical unhealthy teenager. And so I start learning so much about organic regenerative agriculture, the pharmacology of cannabis, the history of cannabis, the science of it, the medical side, 
all these different things along with all of this holistic health stuff from this holistic health advocate in there. And so him and I are going together. We're having a blast. I end up interning for the school. I end up working for them. Uh, we end up getting medical pass kind of together, you know, like all rallying together for it. And so when my father and I first got into the school, he bought me a grow kit. Uh, cause I begged him quite a bit to start buying me a grow kit now that we could grow. And our first harvest was just terrible. And so that was another reason why he okay. was like, all right, you, I want to get you into the school because I can tell that you really like this. And so we end up getting into the school. I end up learning all the stuff that I knew now with organic gardening and whatnot. And so this was all really exciting. And then in 2014, I went to my first music festival. And at this music festival, I did MDMA for the first time. And so I had done a lot of research because I was still <laughs> in the propaganda of, oh my God, drugs, drugs are going to rot your brain. And so when I did research, it was like, oh, MDMA is a heart opener. I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means, but I guess we'll find out. So I'm in the middle of the crowd and I'm experiencing this medicine come on. And I feel this inter interesting feeling or like sensation towards my father. Didn't know what it was, figured, oh, you know, my dad likes Vegas. I'm in Vegas. Uh, we go to steakhouses. My friends and I are going to steakhouses. I probably just miss my dad. Well, when I got home, nine days after I got home, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And so mm -hmm. here's like, you know, this individual that's obviously my best friend, my dad and all these things. And he doesn't want to be looked at as a sick guy. I don't want to look at him as a sick guy. But I realized in that moment, I had no way from which to contextualize how to handle this type of situation. So my dad elected to not take treatment. And after a couple of weeks, started experiencing some pretty severe uh, pain. He had small cell carcinoma. By the time they had discovered it, it had spread all around his body. And so it was very fast and aggressive. And I didn't know at the time, but they'd only given him till October. Uh, and it was like July when he got diagnosed. And so we start feeding him RSO. I made our last harvest that we ever grew together in RSO. And I started administering it to him. And this is where I really discovered the true power of cannabis and what ultimately led me to do what I'm doing now, which is really allowing people to remember the sacred power of cannabis, what it's really been utilized for, for over 10,000 years for self-awareness, discovery, curiosity, et cetera. Um, and so really what happened was during this time, of course, here's a guy that hasn't smoked weed since the joint incident in the eighties. And now I'm giving him RSO of all things. So I would sit with him to make sure that he was comfortable, help him to the bathroom, these kind of things. And during this time, is really where I discovered the full power of cannabis. You know, I thought I had figured it out when it helped me with anxiety. I thought I had figured it out when I had met firsthand so many people that had cured their cancer with cannabis, which I know for a lot of people might be like, what? Cannabis cures cancer? There's actually PubMed studies on this now. It's not as crazy as it was to talk about this back in 2011. But anyway, I end up, you know, giving him this RSO and I end up hearing stories about him and his childhood that I had never heard. I get to connect with him in ways that I had never connected with him before, which I'm an only child, right? I have a stepbrother and stepsister, but I thought I knew my dad, right? Or did I? And so I start hearing all these different stories. I start seeing a totally different side of my father come out that I had never met before. I started to see him have closure with his other children, you know, my stepbrother, my stepsister, his grandchildren, uh, my mother, and most importantly, his own mortality. We got to take the heaviness out of subjects like death, and we got to really connect in a way we had never connected with before. And so after he passed, which was actually the following June, and as we were getting his scans back, his tumors were slowing their growth quite a bit. He didn't want to stop smoking cigarettes and doing the things that gave him cancer in the first place. So I, I, I was a realist with what this was, but you know, I figured at least if I could help him be comfortable 
and get some more time with him, that would be worth it to me. And so I don't know whether I would have gotten that time if it weren't for cannabis. But after that, I chose to dedicate my life to working with this plant and allowing people to really increase their self-awareness and their ability to connect with the world around them, both starting from themselves and then, you know, leading to the external world around them, the people, places, and things in their life. And so I ended up working at a dispensary for five years with over 5,000 medical patients. And then in 2019, I left um, as a series of, you know, very fortunate. Now I see the misfortune of events, basically a company like the one we were talking about beforehand ended up taking over the company I was working at and triggered me so fucking hard that it forced me to leave. Right. It was actually the best gift in weird wrapping paper that I had ever gotten. And so I end up I end up leaving there and starting highly optimized. Had no idea what I was doing. But when I was in Vegas for MJ BizCon, this is all how this worked. I uh, I had another MDMA experience in Las Vegas. Don't know what it is about that place or MDMA, but I realized, <laughs> I realized that I had been connecting with cannabis unconsciously to numb out the feelings I had had about my father passing away. So when I got home, I decided to take a long break from cannabis, the first one I had taken in a very long time. And about a month and a half in, you know, at first I was like, oh, cannabis did this to me. And it was quite the identity crisis. And so then after about a month and a half, I took full accountability and realized, no, this plant never held a gun in my head. It's nothing to do with the plant. This is a me thing. Like if it was objectively a plant thing, then every person I would have ever met would have been addicted and in the same way I was. And that's just not the case. And so I ended up reinstating cannabis in my life after those three months and ended up starting to take regular breaks and doing this more intentionally, all these things. And this whole just world opened up to me and I started traveling a lot. I mean, there's a lot in here. I want to keep it you know, brief, but you know, I started getting into coaching. I started, my love for psychology came back, all these things. And I started getting into all these different rabbit holes and every event I would go to, every retreat, people would just start asking me, hey, can you host a cannabis ceremony? And I'd be like, I don't even know what that is, but I just started getting into it. And before you know it, here I am, right? So it's been a wild three years of following my heart. Um, and that's the message I give to everyone is, you know, whether or not people resonate with what I say, I always say, just follow your heart because it will never lead you to the wrong people, places, and things. It will lead you directly where you're meant to be. And it will probably never be where you thought you were going to be, you know? And so that's really how I ended up on the screen here with you ladies today. <laughs> that's amazing. That story is amazing. Um, I hear you say that you use cannabis a lot for self-awareness. Mm. Can you break that down a little bit for us to understand a little bit more? Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a great book actually right here that I'll reference. Um, I think I bring this up on every podcast, but there's a great book right here from a good buddy of mine, Chris Bennett, Libra 420, Cannabis, Magical Herbs, and the Occult, right? So it's like a gigantic book, like it's huge. And so what this book is, is it's a collection of over 10,000 years of historical research on how cannabis was utilized throughout antiquity. And so really, if I could use modern day terms to describe what this book talks about, it would be this, right? So when we're connecting with cannabis, we're moving from a beta brainwave state, aka our normal waking state, like talking to people, things like that, into an alpha and theta brainwave state. So alpha is responsible for the flow state, right? So many of us know the flow state, we've understood it well, right? You get really present, you're able to do things, you're able to not have as much mind chatter. Theta, on the other hand, is the one that I want to focus on in this part of the conversation, because Theta is the doorway to the subconscious. It's the same brainwave state that hypnosis puts you into and many other types of plant medicines put you into. And when you're in this state, your ego and default mode network are more offline. 
Now your ego and your default mode network are a collection of programs and patterns that you have been essentially uploaded and programmed with throughout your life. So no one has probably had bad intentions, but let's face it, right? Hurt people hurt people. So our parents, society, teachers, et cetera, are trying to mold us into who they think, who they think we should be in order to operate in this world. And then what happens is as we start to get older, we start realizing a lot of this stuff just isn't panning out, right? Maybe we have anxiety or depression. Maybe our relationships don't work out, right? We're starting to see scenes, like signs that something is off, but we don't really know what it is, right? Well, that is because we're operating from the ego and default mode network, aka our lower self. And we also have this higher self that is, if you look into spirituality, our infinite self, our soul, our heart, et cetera. And so when we are identifying with the ego and default mode network, we're identifying with the computer operating system rather than the electricity that goes through the computer, right? To use an analogy, our higher self is more linked to the spirit, right? Like our spirit, like our actual energy that goes through the computer that we have, right? And so being able to go behind the veil and tap into that theta brainwave state allows the ego and default mode network to hop offline, not fully, but a good amount. And in that state, we are more impressionable. So what can happen, and this is what happens with a lot of people, right? Anxiety, paranoia, et cetera, shadow stuff starts to come out, right? If you guys have heard the term shadow work shadow. before, it's this idea of, yeah, like things coming out that maybe you didn't know were in you, um, but then you're getting faced with. Now, depending on how you either react or respond to those things coming out, tells you whether or not you have a beautiful idea experience, like, oh my goodness, I had an epiphany, or I had a bad or challenging experience, right? Like, your ability to accept those parts of you is what is going to determine what kind of experience you have overall. And so when you start understanding this, you can start brainwashing yourself, right? Like you can start getting into this very impressionable state and start allowing yourself to gain awareness around all these different aspects of you. So to put this into practical terms, maybe you've been getting in fights with your partner a lot, right? And, you know, you're like convinced that he or she is the, is the one to blame, right? They get mad at you that you leave dishes out and you're like, you have this story. You're like, well, dude, I can't put the dishes away. Like I'm, I'm go, go, going all day and I just can't do it. Right. So in your head, you're like, they're an asshole right now. Let's say you connect with cannabis, right? Your ego and default mode network, the one that's protecting you by not making you the one to blame gets to go away for a little while. All of a sudden you connect to this deeper part where even if you still feel you're in the right, you might say, well, I don't like how I reacted to that. You know, I don't feel as though that's respectful to my partner to, you know, respond in that kind of way and be argumentative and angry and mean and these kind of things and throw derogatory terms and any of this kind of stuff that you might be doing. So in that moment, you've now gained awareness. But a lot of what I do is to show people that if awareness was all we needed, I mean, in the modern day, we'd be enlightened, right? Like we have all the awareness out there. But the challenge is, that when the ego and default mode network come back online, it's not that just because you had a high idea like that, that it's going to get implemented. Then it takes actual integration, right? And so a lot of what I teach is how to actually utilize the cannabis plant to be able to gain that awareness and then also create the systems in our lives to be able to take that awareness and integrate it into our day-to-day -day lives so that our entire life becomes a psychedelic experience, you know, that we can be high on life all the time. Not that cannabis is bad or any of these things. But I tell people like a lot of the reason that people love cannabis is because of what it does for them when they're in that experience. What if you could have that all the time, 
wouldn't that be cool? You know? And so again, at the end of the day, these things are possible. And like books like this, you know, allow us to realize like, oh, this might seem new, but it's actually very old, you know, like this is how indigenous cultures and shamanic societies have been connecting with cannabis for millennia, you know, and it's just been forgotten over the last 80 to 100 with all the reefer madness and all the ridiculous propaganda that has been spread against cannabis for very few people's vested interests in, you know, industries like nylon, cotton, etc. So yeah, it's really interesting. But that's a lot of, you know, what I mean when I say self awareness, and I'm happy to dive into any area of that in more depth, if you guys would like me to. I actually I had another kind of question, because yeah. um like, yes, uh, cannabis does help you become a little more self-aware, but also over the pandemic, I feel like we got a little bit too comfortable with it. And I feel like we've kind of, uh, like some of us, I'm not going to say everyone, <laughs> yeah. but like you said, instead before, of we, like we, <laughs> huh? instead of we, maybe me, yeah. <laughs> 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 but I'm just saying, no, yeah, but I'm just saying like, uh, yes, this is, this is from a personal experience this is what I, oh, yeah. what I'm, but like, uh, you know, I kind of feel like I need a shift. I need to reset. I've, I've gotten too comfortable with it. It's not working the same way that it used to. It doesn't mean the same thing to me that it used to. I'm a little bit burned out. I'm a, yeah. I'm a little bit burned out. Like not yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Pun yes. So yeah. yeah, pun intended. So in, in this case, if anybody else can identify with this person, <laughs> but what would you suggest? Like, I, I, I'm trying, I, I'm thinking of maybe stepping away from it for a while, but you know, I also don't want to go like cold turkey, but mm. I do want to give myself a reset to kind of reassess my relationship with it. So what would you recommend, Ryan? Yes. Well, Sunny, I love this because I speak to people all day, every day that are at this exact same point in many different ways. Some people are like smoking all day, every day, like can't even pay their rent from it. Some people like yourself are just like, I'm noticing that like this thing that was once like such a beautiful part of my life is now just very common and normal and it doesn't feel special anymore. And I'm looking for something that can remediate that. And so here's the best part, right? Because for me, Whenever anyone told me in the past, like, oh, you need to quit or you need to cut back, it just sounded like rules, right? And I'm not a rules guy. Like, I'm a choice. Yeah, me decision. neither. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I like choices, decisions, and then therefore consequences, right? So here's what I talk to with a lot of people, right? Like, there's a why that I would tell someone in terms of like, why you would want to cut back. And this is the best thing I've found about like explaining this to someone of like, why, why this would matter and why anyone would even want to do it. Right. So people that are listening can use discernment to go, does that sound like something that excites me? Right. Cause again, my job is to never tell people what's right or wrong. Um, how much cannabis is the right amount to interact with. Right. My job is to spawn curiosity and awareness and then allow people to discern what part of that might resonate with them. And then I can help them with it, you know? And so when it comes to any relationship in our lives, think about it this way. If someone listening has a romantic partner, right? I always use this example because it's easy and it's practical for people. So let's say you've been living with this person for five years, right? And you guys don't really go a lot of places. You don't do a lot. Like your routines are pretty much the same. Your home bodies, you like it. It's not a big deal. But you have the same routine every day. You wake up at the same time. The person, you know, your partner kisses you the same way when you wake up. They maybe make your food for you the same way. Um, you know, you guys do the same walk every night. So everything is just pretty like pretty normal, right? Like uh, pretty known. And then let's say this person gets an epic invite to go on a really amazing retreat for a month, 
right? With their friends. So they're now gone, right? So now that person that was waking up next to you every day and you were waking up next to is not there. So at about the third or fourth day, you're going to start realizing how much stuff you took for granted that they did for you, right? Like it was just part of your everyday life. It's not your fault. It wasn't that you were a bad person or anything like that. It's just, you got used to it, you know? And so you start realizing after day three, like, man, I cannot cook my breakfast the way they do. Like, oh my God, this is so much different. Oh, that nighttime walk is like really not the same without them. Like, I don't know what to do with myself, right? So cannabis works the same way. And this is the best part is that for anyone who's been connecting with it every day or close to every day for a long time, for me, it was 10 years. I didn't know what I didn't know. And the idea is that we'll never know how much we don't really know. And at the end of the day, we really don't know anything. That could be like an inception thing. So I won't go deeper into it. But but at the end of the day, like there's so many subtleties to cannabis that we miss when our uh, when our endocannabinoid system is saturated, right? So very little things, right? Like for me, I know like the way it makes my fingertips feel, right? The way that it connects me somatically to my body that when I'm hitting it every night just to hang out and watch TV or whatever, like I used to, I didn't get right. But now when I'm connecting with only a couple of times per week, I'm being very intentional. It's actually much stronger as well now, right? So, you know, when I'm diving into it, I have a reason for for connecting with it, right? That reason could simply be I want to watch a movie. It doesn't have to be something super spiritual and whatever, right? But it's just like, I'm very aware of what I'm connecting with it for. And what the purpose is and what happens with that is the plant yearns to be in a co-communicative and co-creative relationship with us, right? It's a living entity. But if we don't spell into existence what we're looking for from it, it's not his, it's not its job to know what we want from it, right? So a lot of times what can happen is that if we have stinking thinking going on and then we connect with the plant, the plant goes, you must want more of that, right? Because that's what's on your mind when you connect with me, right? So as you get more intentional and you start to be like, can you help me with this, right? Or I'd like, I'd like assistance with this or show me what's going on here. You know, show me why I got triggered today in traffic when that person cut me off. Like I had this weird moment and like, I just don't know what happened. Maybe the plant shows you like, wow, I have not been creating boundaries at work and I've been taking away too many projects. And now my drive to work represents me going to hell, right? And so like, now I'm starting to realize like, oh, I need to create better boundaries. So then you go into work and you create better boundaries and maybe they fire you and you're like, okay. Or maybe they go, oh, you should have just told us before, right? So all of these types of subtleties start coming out, right? Like the ability for me to understand or understand how much I love the taste of cannabis, right? Like how much I love what it does to my brainwave state, right? Like how much more I open up, what softer version of me comes forth. And those all give you breadcrumb trails because now you're like, well, why can't I access that all the time, right? Like what's standing in the way? So then for me, it's like, it's allowed me to create morning and nighttime rituals. It's allowed me to, you know, dive into, you know, deep conversations with Rachel, my partner, you know, even when I'm completely sober, right? Like putting those times on the calendar of like, I know this is important because when I connect with cannabis, it's all I want to do. So I'm going to start integrating that into my day-to-day life. And so that's a lot of like, you know, how I speak to people about this. But the ultimate thing when it comes to what I call breaking dependency of any sort is you want to find out what cannabis is doing for you. Because like I tell everyone, like even though it might seem as though cannabis dependency is the issue, it's actually just the coping strategy for whatever the issue is, especially after the pandemic and these kind of things. Like there's a lack of meaning going on in the world right now, right? A lot of people don't exactly know why they're here or they might not feel safe to be here because let's face it, let's look out in the world. It's pretty crazy out there, right? And there's a lot of things that as we're starting to raise our level of consciousness, both ourselves individually and also on the planet, you know, I always talk about this, right? Like if you have a dark room in your house that you haven't gone through in a long time 
and you go in there and flip on the light for the first time in a long time, what's the first thing you're going to notice? You're going to notice how messy the room is. That's where we are at as a collective right now. It's like we've flipped the light on and we're starting to realize how fucked politics is, how it's just such a thirst trap, how the media is just like the worst thing ever, right? We're starting to notice the social media, even though we're more connected than ever, when we have thousands of friends, we're lonelier than ever. We're starting to notice our food supplies being poisoned, our water supplies being poisoned, our oceans are being poisoned, right? A lot of us are starting to feel all of this on an unconscious level. And so we just are reaching for things to cope, whether it be food, nicotine, alcohol, cannabis, drugs, pornography, technology, yeah, technology, like even good things like exercise, right? Like I know this from personal experience, you can over-exercise, right? You can also get way too crazy into health and be, and never go out to a restaurant again, because you're afraid you're going to get poisoned. Like all these things can happen as coping strategies. And so again, we can go after the coping strategies all day, but the best thing that's going to happen with that is that you're going to switch to maybe a quasi healthier coping strategy but you're still just coping. And that's just merely surviving, not thriving. And so cannabis, what I found is that it can be challenging, but it can really help you gain awareness around where you're merely surviving and teach you how to actually integrate into your life, the ability to thrive. And so that's where I would start. Sunny is figuring out like, and you can ask the plant, like make an intention to be like cannabis. What are some of the things that, you know, when I connect with you, I'm finding relief from, right. And start connecting with the plant and speaking to it. And then from there, Maybe you find like, I'm just going to throw out random examples. Maybe you find that like your job you don't like, right? Or maybe you find that, you know, um, there's a friend in your life or something that, you know, is, is a lot or something or a family member, right? Like let's talk about family for a second, right? So maybe you're the, the kind of the one person in your family that has your shit together, right? And everyone else is kind of fucking off and you feel this pressure to make sure everyone survives like these kind of things, right? They could also be smaller things like maybe like, you know, you have a lot of pain in your body right? And things like that. So, you know, when you start understanding these things, then you can actually start figuring out like, okay, where do I go from here? Right? Like, what do I now do with this awareness? And that's a lot of what we do in the conscious cannabis collective, the mastermind I have, but that's where I would start. And then from there, what I would do is, you know, I tell everyone like there are no right or wrong answers to this. I tell everyone, like, if you've been a daily user for a long time and you're an all day user, try going one morning without using it. Right. Then try going half a day, then try going a full day. Like there's no, competition here there's no like you know need to hit it and go cold turkey right at the bat and there's also no need to quit forever right like some people do but that's the thing i tell everyone it's like like i went through this and i have the best relationship with cannabis i've ever had and it doesn't mean that like you know i need to smoke every day like i i rarely smoke more than two times a week but if i go to electric forest like i went to last week sure i'm gonna smoke all day every day right then I'm going to come home, immediately go back to my schedule, and I'm good to go, you know, because now I know that I have the tools, the routines, the rituals, things like that, that are going to allow me to give myself that comfort that at once, at one point in my life, I felt I needed to get externally through whatever means necessary. And so that's where I would start, Sunny, for sure. Thank you. So when you say set your attention, like, be like, you while you're rolling up, you know, or while you're grinding that weed, be like, listen, girl, we got to talk, you know, like, tell me this, I'm, I need to reflect on this. And that's what you mean, like, just straight up talk to your weed. Exactly. And I like the way you said it, Captain J, because, you know, a lot of people like they take it like, and I love the, 
because you guys are women, women, you get it better. Like men will be like, um, I'm just going to state it out in the ether. I'm like, dude, say it to the plants. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, you know, men are more like, you know, oh, it's woo woo, right? Women just get it a lot more. They're like, of course I would speak to that. Everything has life, you know? So yeah, hundred percent. It's exactly what I say. And I love the way you said it too, because a lot of people think they have to be super spiritual and talking galactic terminology for this. You don't like exactly like you. you were saying. Exactly. Be you. The plant <laughs> is not judging you based on how woke you are. It's not about that, right? Like what I will say is that I would recommend when you do speak, like language has a lot of power, right? And so you you will not want to use negations like can't, couldn't, shouldn't. Like I wouldn't, you know, uh, how do I say this about negation? Like what I would what I would recommend is that if you're looking to say become less anxious, I wouldn't say I don't want to be anxious anymore and then make that in your intention. I would rather look at where you want to go. I want to feel joy on the other side of this, right? Like because again, where attention goes, energy flows. And if you're saying I don't want to be anxious anymore, what your brain just heard is anxious, right? Mm -hmm. So like you know, a lot of times like that can bring a lot of stuff out too. So what I would say is just always make things in the affirmative. Talk about what you do want. Talk about what you need assistance with rather than what you don't want more of or what you don't want to come up during the experience. And then also understand that sometimes, even if you say, I want to experience joy, the plant will go, well, we're going to squeegee all the stuff that's not joy out of you. And so sometimes that's why people can also experience anxiety, paranoia, et cetera. And for that, what I always say is I use a mantra that is, I took a medicine and the medicine is working. If you do that and you come back to your breath, if you start feeling an upregulation, like uh, anxiety, anything like that, that's going to mitigate most of what's going on. Because you're, when you're feeling anxious, right, that's a sensation in your body. Now, the mind processes that same information through thinking and thoughts, right? So whenever you're having stinking thinking, it's because you're also having a sensation at the same time in the body that is undesirable, let's say, right? So the other thing about cannabis is that cannabis will produce a sympathetic nervous system response on onset. So if someone has drank a shit ton of coffee, driven a stressful ride to work, gotten in a fight with their partner, et cetera, and then they come home and light a joint, maybe they smoke it every night, but this night they have a panic attack. They're like, what the hell happened? Well, it's not necessarily the strain. Of course, there's multifacets to this. Like there's a lot of different things, but overall it's because that person was already so upregulated and then they interacted with cannabis that sent them just a little bit higher and could be the straw that broke the camel's back. And so that's what I would say overall. You did it perfect, Captain J, with the intention. Like you got it, you got it. And you'll be shocked what comes out. Like I do this work all day, every day with people and I'm still shocked. Like my ego still tries to tell me like, this isn't going to do anything. And I talk to people all day that are like, holy shit, when I wrote that second letter, I have a uh, workshop that I do, I can explain to you guys in a second. But basically what we do is we write a first letter sober to cannabis. Then we connect with the plant and we have cannabis write a letter back to us, us being the channel for cannabis to speak through. And every time, especially the men in the room, they're like, this isn't going to do anything. And then they're always the ones that are like, my writing is totally different in the second letter. How did that happen? I'm like, well, this stuff, I didn't invent this. Like literally it's been here for thousands of years, you know, we're just tapping back into it. And so it's really cool because, you know, I think of it this way, like none of us ever got a user manual for the plant and most of us are only using like 1% of its potential. And so when you start tapping into this, I mean, there's so much there and it can be fun. It doesn't have to be full of rules. Like it's none of that. It's just amazing feelings and ability to be empowered because what the plant's role is here is to remind us of who we truly are as divine beings having a human experience, that we are whatever you want to call that source of infinite power, whether it be God, the quantum field, whatever you want to call it, 
we are that we're the we're we're the ocean within a drop not the drop in the ocean you know as rumi says and so to be able to remember that and realize it embody it plant medicines can be a great tool to be able to get there and then from there it's like a breadcrumb trail okay what do i find that makes me feel like that okay yoga makes me feel like that going to lunch with the right friends makes me feel like that listening to this music makes me feel like that going Traveling, to the beach and max yeah exactly like Being that's why nature. yeah like whatever those things are for you you'll just start making more space in your calendar to do them when you actually start realizing what they're really doing and then of course when you can architect your life around doing what you love like you can just have that feeling all the time. It's really cool. It doesn't mean you don't go through challenges, but it's kind of like going through a challenge after you won a million dollars on a scratch ticket. How much is popping a tire on the way home really going to bother you? You'll be like, I'll change this tire all day. I'll just wait here and hang out. I'll wave at everyone going by. You know, it's like, it's still, you can still experience challenges, but it's a totally different energetic frequency on top of it. It's really cool. And that was our interview with Ryan Sprague. Please follow him on Instagram. He's got wonderful uh, clips and content of his podcast. On Instagram, he's the real Ryan Sprague. On uh, he, he has a website, highlyoptimized.me. So maybe we could have like a live or something with him. Yes. And that way you guys can ask a couple questions, you know. If you have any questions after this show, like send them our way and we can host DM him us, again. Put it in the comments. Uh, because we had a very enlightening conversation. And sometimes it was a great conversation. He's very about it. He goes in depth. We're kind of like you know, we're middle-aged moms. Like we, <laughs> I'm saying middle-aged, but like, <laughs> you know, babe. we're not. Talk about yourself, all right? So, <laughs> leave me out of this. <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, I, I'm not as into, uh, ingrained into it. He's very um, spiritual. It's like, I, yes. I, I his energy very is very spiritual. Yes. It, it was very interesting. And I'd love to have more conversations with him. And if you have any questions, please give them to us. We, you know, sometimes he would go off and it's very interesting. I, I get lost. So you we would get a little lost because you could tell he's very passionate about it. And it's like he's so um, he's very articulate and it's so amazing. Very articulate, very descriptive on what he's talking about. So yes. Like, tells you every every detail. Bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very interesting conversation. Uh, send us your your uh, questions. Thank you for listening this far. Hey, our patrons, once again, we love you. We want to give a yes. special thank you to our Inner Circle patrons. Destiny. Lauren. Christy. Denise. Peaches. Meredith. Natalie. Angelina. Jenny. Catherine. Jay. Chrissy. Jesse. Diane. Gabby. And, and Leslie. Leslie. We'll see some of y'all bitches on the boat Hell next this weekend. To the yeah, 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 hey, yeah. you two can have your name read by our beautiful mouths. Become a patron for early access to episodes, additional content, full on conversion. Hey, just come over so you can get on the Discord, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and if you're, if, if, if anything else, subscribe, rate, review. That warms our hearts. Check our website out, potsmokingmoms.com. And we'll see you guys next see week. See you later. Bye.